Well hello and welcome to the Mariner and I'm not sure exactly how this audio is going to come out. Um, I always try and bring you uh, interesting outside broadcasts. Well today we are just off the coast of Iceland. Um, I am 63 degrees 20 minutes north and if you're interested 20 degrees 15 minutes west. So uh, I am just approaching the western edge of Iceland and uh, I've been on route here now for 10 days since leaving Southampton on the 7th and uh, although I'm a day later than I wanted to be uh, I had made plans with the crew that I was about to meet uh, you know it's it's been pretty good uh, it's my first time doing a long longer voyage with the boat uh, solo and uh, it's been very very successful and uh, the reward for that has been arriving here off the coast of Iceland this morning. The, the sun came up, the fog lifted and uh, absolutely incredible scenes. Now where, where am I? I'm, I'm talking to you on my headset which I think is working. The recordings that I've monitored so far it seems to be okay and uh, the microphone is nestled down right inside my waterproofs. I've got uh, a lot of warm stuff on. The temperature is about 5 Celsius which would put it at about is that 40 Fahrenheit? I, I don't know, I'm guessing, sorry. But uh, not very not very warm, but not particularly cold. Colder with the wind chill. Um, and I am standing at the helm of the boat, uh, helming. So uh, if you're the first time dropping into the podcast, it's a 80-foot Grand Mistral. And it's uh, been an absolute dream to, uh, to skipper this boat um, up from uh, the UK. Uh, very interesting to be driving her solo. And... Um, it's it's gone pretty well. I, I you know as always it's it's not a boat that's designed for solo sailing. So what do you know? <laughs> it it was a bit trickier on some aspects than you you might want. But um, on the whole, it's been very very good. Uh, there's some things certainly that I would change going forwards. Uh, one of them, well, literally going forwards. One of them would be to um, foot uh, roller furling headsails because dealing with the um, hanged on jibs is just a little bit uh, silly. Um, but you know we, we've got there I have no complaints whatsoever so um, as I drive along here now I am you know, what is it it's about two o'clock in the afternoon oh four o'clock there you go how time flies when you're having fun I have got myself a little thermos of coffee here and I thought that we would have a moment to chat I'm just pouring out a cup now I do like having a, uh, a thermos of coffee and then a proper porcelain cup to drink out of when I'm uh, on deck on the boat, all these plastic and metal cups continually it just starts to um, erode my <laughs> belief in uh, in the good things in life. Having a cup of tea is a, uh, or a cup of coffee, whatever, is a great pleasure. And to suddenly discover it's arriving to you in something that looks like it's come from McDonald's is uh, it's not awesome. So porcelain cup, here we are. And as I look out now from the, I'm just standing down by the starboard wheel of the boat. And uh, as I look out to starboard, there are one, two, three four smaller islands just crags of rock sticking out of the ocean and then a bigger island uh, just to the north of me here we'll try and get some names a little bit later once we're through this channel mm. oh that coffee's good um, but it's going to be in Icelandic so if you thought my pronunciations of things Scottish was bad last time um, this can only be only be worse but uh, it's absolutely beautiful <laughs> absolutely beautiful uh, so the mainland is about uh, what's that like 10 miles to the north of me and uh, huge rising cliffs and very steep elevation not a tree in sight like if a dog takes a whiz here somebody in Norway is gonna get a wet face uh, but there is a giant uh, well this morning I couldn't quite work out like is this a low set of hills and then a weird kind of gap through the hills and then can see the clouds on the other side and then I realized I oh, don't know no, it's snow-capped it's a snow-capped mountain literally and then I looked again and realized like oh no hang on that's snow-capped plus glaciers running down in the valleys uh, coming down to the sea like big walls of ice like rivers of ice thick wide uh, rivers of ice coming down off the mountain and they're still in sight now very low cloud cover at the moment um, but absolutely flat sea and I've uh, I've taken this opportunity to come and chat because we've just come off the beat. I've been on the beat, either the uh, the low speed or the high speed beat for the last couple of days. So when we last, and I've dropped the coffee on the floor, what am I going to do with that? Here, I'll get the traveller. 
I'll get the rope off the traveller. <gasps> I said rope. Oh my god. I'll get the line off the traveller. And we'll just swish that around with our, our foot. There we go. And now the coffee is magically not on the deck anymore. Don't know where it went. Um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the beat. So ooh, we left Scotland and uh, it was pretty uh, pretty light winds to begin with. And then in came the breeze and it went and it went and it went. So, you know, it wasn't crazy. It was 30 knots apparent, which is like, I don't know, 22, 22 true wind speed, something like that. I was going into it at eight, nine knots. I was keeping everything pretty, uh, pretty tuned down. Um, so, you know, a big boat like this, it is a little different from a small boat, but only in the fact that it, you just change a couple of the numbers. It takes 200 turns of the winch to put the main sheet up and the main halyard up instead of 20. It's, it does 10 knots standard instead of doing four or five knots standard, right? But it's, uh, other than that, it's just uh, like a big uh, tow me my first boat. It's very, very basic and it does what it says on the packet, uh, but it does go quite quickly. So one of the issues when you're going into the wind is that, uh, you know, you're going into the wind at nine, 10 knots, which then means you start jumping off the waves and that adds a huge amount of stress to the situation, both for me and for the boat. Mm. But as we went along, um, I certainly learned a lot more about the boat. I've only, I've only driven this boat a bit. Like uh, we drove across the Atlantic last year um, and that, you know, you, I've only driven it a bit, only driven it across the Atlantic. It's, it's kind of like a bus, right? If you had a bus and you'd taken one bus trip and you'd driven your bus from London to Rome, then you'd say, well, I've only done one bus trip, but that would be quite a long journey if you're doing it in a car you normally do shopping in, right? So this boat is designed for racing around the world. So crossing the Atlantic is well within its bounds. So we went across the Atlantic and then um, went down to Newport, did the Newport Bermuda race, went up from Bermuda back to Nova Scotia, from Nova Scotia, across the Atlantic again, well, from went actually to Newfoundland, and then crossed the Atlantic to the UK, and then I set off some Southampton uh, just over a week ago, and then driven it round up through the North Sea and up to here. So all told, that's like, what, two, maybe two, two and a half on the first bit, and then another half there, three, and then that's three and a half, say four by the time you get back there, four, four and a half, five, six, six so seven and a half thousand like maybe seven and a half eight thousand miles something like that so um to put that in perspective if you're doing around the world race you'd have called into cape town and be one third of the way across the indian ocean on your way to australia at which point you would not say that you are experienced with the boat so i'm not even at that stage yet i'm just starting to work out what's going on with it and uh it's been a very very interesting development i think i was a little bit standoffish with this boat for quite a while because um, I was a little bit overwhelmed back at home. Hang on, more coffee. The only problem with the porcelain cup, of course, is that uh, it's cooling very rapidly in these uh, conditions. Um, I was a bit overwhelmed at home with the Open 60 there and, the, and then this one sitting alongside it and I had to kind of like divide my, my time up and I, I got people in to try and help me with this one but a lot of people, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come and help and then the reality of the amount of work you've got there is, is uh, maybe not quite exactly what they were thinking of. So um, it's, there comes a point where you're like, if you want it doing, then you're just going to have to do it yourself, right? So I, uh, I, I took... Uh, took up the tools and uh, decided that I was going to deliver the boat from Southampton to Iceland on my own, although lots of people offered to, to, to come with me, um, be, because I needed to kind of like imprint myself on the boat and vice versa. And that's definitely happened. Um, you know, memories already, like going through the Penland Firth, like going up through the uh, uh, wind farms in the North Sea, like going through the channel at night and getting it just right with the tide. Like it starts to bind you to the thing if you're forever just working on it at the anchor, we all know this feeling, right? It's at anchor, or it's in the backyard, or it's in the boatyard, or wherever it is, you're just working, 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 and you're like working in the most awkward workshop on making the workshop better. Like you're not even doing something like, <laughs> and then one day, hopefully you take the workshop to sea and, and you don't have to do any work anymore. It's a very odd equation. They say if you can, um, if you can uh, uh, work 50% of the time on the boat and drive the boat 50% of the time, then you are you're absolutely killing it in uh, in sailing. And I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I, I definitely I've had the boat for a year and we're about seven or eight thousand miles into it. I'm just now starting to feel like uh, I've got a bead on it and that I'm kind of connected to it. And 
uh, on the way into the last couple of beats coming in here I've been replacing the uh, tread tape that's on the steps and trying to get it just nice and so and that's a bit of an indicator to me that uh, a relationship may have begun when I'm worrying about <laughs> details like that so there's clearly lots of other things that need doing as well but uh, that was a start hmm so um, we're getting a little bit closer now to the so the channel I've kind of described where we are we are we're about seven or eight hours from port we're not going to go into Reykjavik we're going to go into this little port which is on the other side of the peninsula it's only about 20 miles by road from Reykjavik uh, a person driving a car would be crossing a peninsula to get here but on account of being late and meeting the crew it's like hang on you've got a, a rental car is it okay to drive 20 miles yes it is right that saves me 120 miles of sailing um, and uh, you know we can we can be together quicker and I can be more on schedule and if I drive around the corner to Reykjavik so um, coming to Iceland is uh, already the highlight of my travel for the year I, I've been to Bermuda and Newport and the UK this year but uh, I've been to those places previously uh, suddenly to come to somewhere so completely different I did have a dream of course that I was going to be um, going uh, to Norway and to the Faroe Islands and I did get within uh, I think 88 miles of the Faroe Islands and I had to tack away you know, I'm just making sure this thing is still uh, recording oh there we go good show good show it's kind of working i hope this works i've been looking for ages for a way of being able to talk to you whilst i'm on the deck of the boat so i think you know if you're sanding the boat or if you're walking the dog or if you're uh you know doing doing something that's just everyday stuff and you're listening to a podcast i know it's normally just me in the sunroom just chat 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 talking about sailing i thought well you know i do try and go if it's not covid i did start this podcast during covid but if uh, now we're not in covid actually my job is to go sailing so if we can work out a way of chatting whilst i'm sailing then all good and the dream's been to have something inside my um the cowl of my jacket that i can chat to you on so hopefully this this is working it's not too windy but yeah so where are we now what's the situation ahead of us um i feel like i'm talking about three things at once well <laughs> yeah what a surprise hey um oh you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna finish off the story of how i got here the beat the beat up from scotland was very rough <laughs> and i learned that this boat does not like having too much mainsail up oh and i'll throw in the mix you want to go over to the youtube channel and have a look at uh the uh, story there um the mainsail blew out um the mainsail on this boat was the owner very optimistically of it before we bought it said that it was a three out of five i think it perhaps it was a 2.5 out of five and it's lost 1.5 of its uh of its joy in the last well yeah i guess 8,000 miles so um it's uh the other night in the in the, the the midst of everything that's going on the wind was starting to come up i had first reef in and i was just getting to the top of the first reef i.e that the wind speed was getting to a point where i needed to swap out like 22 apparent 23 apparent something like that and uh i went through a tack like any other tack and uh the uh, reef line blew out the first reef line blew out and i gotta tell you with these big mainsails when they start going they're made of such heavy stuff that it's like a machine gun going off it's just bah, 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 and all these lines are going crazy so you got to kind of keep your head on a swivel and the first thing to do is to open the jammer on the reefs above because if you think about it it's in let's say it's in first reef um, and then the first reef line blows out that's my situation but it could happen in the second reef or the third reef or whatever but the reef blows out the reef lines above you've got to keep the jammers on otherwise they're going to get longer and longer and longer as you're sailing along and you're going to end up with these massive streaming weird reef lines hanging out from the back of the main or actually with loads of windage and then get caught in things and getting caught in your backstay and stuff so you've got to keep the jammers closed but if the reef line blows out the first thing you've got to do is open those jammers otherwise what you've got is you've got the front of the main is still under tension and now like a flag one back edge of the flag has kind of got caught up on something that's quite tight i.e the reef line which is still a bit on to get that reef line into position properly you're going to have to lower the mainsail down but the first moment actually is getting the reef clutches open so i did that and uh, dropped the halyard <clears throat> went to the mast and reconnected the cunning and which is how reefing works on this boat and then um got the uh got the the front edge of the main uh, tight which is always the rule with reefing you keep the wind uh get you know get the a bubble in the main so get the front edge of the main uh luffing and then uh you're not going to windward necessarily that's not important for for reefing just that the front edge of the main is luffing you ease the boom do whatever i just had the traveler down because it's such rough weather and then uh started to get the, the front tight you must get the front tight before anything else did that okay good 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 um 
Now bear in mind that the first reef now has not got anything holding it up at the back of the boom at the where the sheet attaches so it's all hanging down all over the boat and uh, I went uh, and got the second reef tight and then came back and had a look at it and it looked like it just had like a one foot rip in it um, and I was like oh okay well that's you know I've kind of done pretty well because I knew that that back edge of the sail was pretty uh, tired but um, there was no way at that point not safely to to draw the sail up any further uh, uh, and you know kind of contain it anymore and uh, I'm not leaning over the side of the boat when the boat's doing nine knots like bouncing through five six meter waves in the middle of the night to grab hold of the uh, reef reefing cringle of an angry sail to put a line through it's, it's not happening right we <laughs> well, the best way of staying safe is to think you know think smart first so I um I left it and when it came to morning uh, yes indeed there was a one foot hole on the side I could see but on the other side of it when uh, I went to put the sail up and have a see what was going on when the wind died down uh, there was a six foot hole on it so <clears throat> that uh, I actually sailed with it like that for probably two or three hours just looking at it and trying to work out okay, is this repairable is it not is it whatever it is and then decide like no it's not repairable so I just put the main down into second reef and uh, unfortunately during the period of time that it's been just hanging out um, it's it, the, the back edge of the main's just gone. It's blown out. It's the issue with these laminate sails. Like when they're done, they're done, you know. So that's very disappointing. But we did know that the mainsail was gonna gonna blow out. But um, of course, like anybody with uh, any kind of equipment around sailing, you know how expensive it all is. And um, whether it's a piece of rope or a sail or a, an old bolt or a hose clip or whatever it is you're thinking can I maybe I can use this for me I don't have to go to the chandlery or the sail make you know so anyway it's dead it's gone uh, as I look up at it now uh, from the second reef up it looks tired and from the uh, the boom and what's hanging down below the boom it looks tired out it just looks <laughs> it's done it's done like dinner so uh, that's that's the story of getting here um, the beating definitely uh, once actually uh, I got into the beat and I was on second reef and doing well only about 25 26 uh, wind uh, apparent wind speed um, the boat was really rough and really banging around and I was having a hard time with it I was thinking Jesus this is way way more busy than beating in a 60 foot boat you know I'm very aware of the, the extra length it means you kind of come out of a wave and then 40 foot of the boat pivots over the crest of the wave um, but it then uh, I, I went up on deck and put the third reef in and the speed went up by half a knot and the, it completely and utterly changed the characteristic of the boat and suddenly it was smooth as silk so I, I have yet to learn I remember like I wrote a book about sailing around the world years ago I've mentioned it before and I never published it because it just kind of wasn't wasn't right but I remember at the, in the first chapter of it to um, saying that I had not when I first sailed around the world solo I had not learnt how to reef or when to reef and that you know I'd already sailed around the world once with a crew so I, I was kind of experienced in sailing but I had not worked out how to reef a really performance boat because mostly with these big boats more sail area just means more performance and just hang on tight right you put the mainsail up and God brings it down that's the that's the say so but uh, the deal here is somewhat different I think this boat is a little bit more uh, like a classic boat it's not like these flat surfboard boats that I've been used to it's it's got a lot of rocker to the underside of the hull which means if you're looking at a silhouette of the hull from the side the bottom of it is curved and the stern has got quite a lot of taper in it which means it's got quite classic lines for a, a big performance boat it's the end of the 90s and it's a move over to flat uh, wedge-shaped surfboard high-performance boats um, it's a sea kindly boat but you have to um, well within reason you know for a performance boat but you have to get it right and I think too much main and uh, laying her over on her side she doesn't like that so uh, she kicks and, and, and whimpers and groans and uh, I'm inside like a bean in a can uh, not quite knowing what was going on until I chickened out went on deck put the third reef in and then it was like smooth sailing after that Right, so that brings us up to Iceland. There we go. So now I feel like I've, I've talked through the things I wanted to talk about. I'm just filling time. Look, the wind died whilst I was talking. We were doing seven or eight knots, and the winds kind of died as we we're approaching these uh, little craggy islands here. And um, the, uh, the, uh, now we're doing five knots. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I only... Oh, I can, can I use my iPad for this? I want to take some pictures of what's going on around me at the same time maybe if i go and get the gopro this is so nice see we're all kind of wireless i can just i'm actually driving the boat rather than having the autopilot do it because we're getting uh 
quite low on diesel actually i've um oh these stairs look nice this tread tape looks wonderful who did this <laughs> um i'm getting very low on diesel because i've got to say i didn't really bear entirely in mind the fact that with the autopilot going it's a constant drive autopilot it's got a hydraulic motor which is spinning all the time and then to move the hydraulic ram around it engages and disengages little uh, hydraulic actuators so that is a very very constant draw so to give you an idea on my open 60 which has the same size sails as this uh, to to go 6,000 miles between Africa and uh, and Australia I can remember putting on board 120 litres of fuel right 6,000 miles sitting that's like six no how long is that a sea like 20 how long did it take? I can't remember now. Oh man, it's all getting too long ago. 26 weeks? I feel, yeah. Was it 40 days or was that? Where are we going for? Oh, we didn't go to Australia. That's why I'm getting confused. We went to New Zealand, different race, sorry, different time. So the solo boat, yeah, going from Australia, from South Africa to New Zealand is 6,000 miles. And it was like, I don't know, it's 40 days at sea, whatever that was. So uh, I put on board 120 liters of fuel, 120 liters of fuel. And I ran out the morning or I got super, super low. In fact, I maybe I did run out. No, I did run out the morning that I crossed the finish line. Okay, so I was the last one in on that leg. I had issues and I was the last one in and uh, I ran out of fuel at that point. Now that's a 38 horsepower engine. This is a 130, uh, 135 horsepower engine on this boat. So clearly it's gonna consume a lot more fuel. There's a kind of go-to number at a kind of charging RPM, which is about 1600, 1600 RPM. Um, 1600 revs on the engine she's going to consume about uh, its horsepower in liters per hour so 38 horsepower engine um, it's going to do 3.8 in 4.4 liters is a gallon so you can say it's going to do a gallon of fuel per hour but of course it's a 130 horsepower engine so we can times that by three so we say like three gallons of fuel an hour so I've been charging at midday and midnight for an hour and um, it's uh man it's been drinking the fuel like i'm not sure if i'm giving you the exact right numbers here so don't beat me over the head if i my numbers don't add up right but i know i've got 15 liters of fuel left <laughs> i have to drink i have to drive into the harbor here i'll take some pictures of the uh with the gopro whilst uh whilst we're chatting here um and uh so i'm i'm very very conservative with fuel i also have uncovered an issue because i was trying to understand why the um why the autopilot was uh, getting so uh, so quickly saying low battery. I was like, hey, what's going on? That It's so very, very quickly saying low battery. Uh, I've got four giant 8D batteries. They should, you know, it should last forever. And what I've discovered is that for some reason, all the batteries are uh, charging or current is going into all the batteries. But um, I'll try and take one of myself. Here you go man on, on boat that's the name of that one i've got a few of those um so all of the batteries are charging but then only two of them are discharging right so i'm not a complete uh, fool when it comes to uh, electrics on boats but I'm, i've got my kind of thinking cap on with this one um they're connected it's a 24 volt system on the boat so it won't beep anymore now don't worry it's not your phone <laughs> it's just me taking pictures of the gopro we'll put them in the blog what we can do is take this um podcast we i'm building a website at the moment which has got all of the podcasts and all of the um, blogs and everything on it so we'll take transcripts of the podcast there's a, a service which i pay for which takes all of this uh, spoken word and makes it written and then uh, if someone wants to read along they can read along we'll edit it a little bit and we'll include some pictures um but uh yeah so the, it's a 24 volt 24 volt system on the boat which means you get two 12 volt batteries and you connect them in series like kind of like they're on a chain so positive is connected to the boat and then the negative is connected to the positive of the next next battery and then the negative is connected to the boat so now we've got 24 volts available same amperage but 24 volts available or what we can do with batteries we can connect them in parallel where we have something meaningful from the boat like a lead coming down from the boat that's connected to essentially both positive terminals and a negative lead coming down from the boat which is connected essentially to both negative terminals so now they're parallel which means that you still have 12 volts but you've got 
you've got um, double the amperage. And I'm like, now suddenly uh, my brain's uh, going to sleep. Am I, am, I, am I selling you down the river here? I think this is right, yes. Yes, yes, this is right. Okay, it's right. I will also just add here that I've had four hours sleep each day for the last uh, 10 days. So just forgive me if I don't remember how series and parallel works. Anyway, this boat is 24 volts. So the batteries are connected in series, which makes a little, two batteries are connected in series. So I've got two 12 volt batteries making up a 24 volt little lump. And then we've got another two batteries also connected in series, making another little 24 volt lump. And then those leads coming off there are connected together in such a way that they then have, uh, oh, actually, I'm just getting an idea of what might be wrong here. <laughs> that they have, then they are um, uh, connected to the boat together. So we get these two independent amounts of 24 volts, and then we add them together, and we've got 24 volts, but we've got it with all the amperage available from the batteries, right? But for whatever reason it is, uh, in each little cluster, one battery is discharging and one battery is not discharging. And I am a little bit confused as to why that is. It's like the first battery, the one whose terminal, the positive terminal is connected to the boat, that battery is discharging. But the next one down the line from it, its little mate, it's not discharging. So I, I've, I'm a little bit confused, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do is uh, there's a fantastic book on um, boat electronics. God, I'm going to forget. Nigel Cave? No, that can't be true. No, no, I think Nigel Cave is one of my Patreon supporters, which if you have, oh, what a segue. If you haven't, go over to patreon.com <laughs> forward slash the Mariner. There's all sorts of things going on here. I tell you, actually, as I'm approaching these, I better just check the nav while I'm chatting here. Eh? Like, this is real time, real life here. We are approaching an island called Math Adrangar. Math Andragar. Math Andragar. And the one behind it is called Ulzi. And the one to the starboard is called Sudbury. I thought it was called Sudbury before. I've got some people that listen to me from Sudbury in uh, Ontario, and uh, I thought maybe they had an island named after you there. Now, the other thing we have to check around here, and what I'm kind of relying on, is that it's extraordinarily deep. Yes, okay. So, Brando, which I think is the easiest one for me to say, is 90 meters, and Alzi is 144 meters, right? So that's uh, 300 foot and 450 foot respectively. And yet if I pass within, uh, let's just do some measurements here. If I pass within half a mile, I'm in 150 foot of water. I'm in 50 meters of water. So we just have to keep that. <laughs> just got to keep that half mile and everything's going to be fine. I can do this in quite a relaxed manner. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so uh, there's lots going on. Let me just tell you some things. So we're, we're about halfway into what I'm thinking of doing here. I'm thinking of passing through this passageway and then chatting to you a bit on the other, other side, on the other side of this channel, and then uh, that'll be the podcast, so however long that takes. Mm. Meanwhile, the coffee continues. There may be a few more beeps here from the GoPro because this is pretty impressive what I'm seeing. Um, it's Iceland, so you've got some ideas about that, right? It's like the, the land that God forgot to finish. It's the, the loose thread in the world's jumper. And uh, it, this is my first look at it as well. So we've got um, crags going up behind those islands which I, uh, I mentioned to you. I'm going to have to take a picture. Um, and then we've got um, low-lying, uh, low-lying um, kind of in between it, it's uh, rolling what's it like a, a moorland or something like that would you describe that like Dartmoor or Exmoor or something like that I know from the UK like rolling low ground and then big shooting crags coming up around it and then it looks like someone's just got a big kitchen knife and like cut that island apart and uh, dumped it out like a like a load of like a load of sandwiches it's all this like sedimentary rock so I've got these stratified layers of rock it looks like a normal rolling island has been then just cut up and then pieces of it distributed through the ocean. So you've got these like the layers going through, like layers of sandwiches or layers of cake or something um, with green grass on top and some just crazy wild shapes. And then the cliffs, of course, covered in white where the birds are, the guano is all over the cliffs. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm just rustling through here. The wind keeps coming in and then going out. I've got about eight, nine knots apparent wind here at the moment. I'm on the beat, maybe just slightly crack sheets from the beat. And uh, I'm just aiming now between these islands, being 
very, very aware when I do this. Don't think for a second that I'm that casual. If my insurers are <laughs> listening to this, I'm not that casual. I have checked and double checked the, the nav. I have laid waypoints all the way through. I am watching it. The engine is ready to go. There's no point in the anchor being ready because it's 50 meters deep. But my until I get to a particular point here, there is an opportunity to just turn and burn out of here because I'm, um, I say, just cracked sheets running through this line of islands. If I need to, I can tack and move completely away, or I can uh, jive and then go, you know, along the edge of the island. So I, I'm sounding relaxed here. I'm being a bit silly about it, but uh, the gap ahead of me is about half a mile wide, something like that. The cliffs on one side maybe 150, 200 feet, and the cliffs on the other side like <laughs> bigger than that. So you'll have to have a look at uh, YouTube, and we'll put some other footage in there and uh, you can see what it's all about. We'll get some pictures from that as well, my goodness. Okay, just get, take one from the back of the boat here. It's a pretty wild. Has anybody been to uh, Iceland that, from the, uh, that listens to this? Are there any Icelandic people? Can you help me maybe with this, uh, some of these pronunciations? Although I've been very deliberately not um, trying to say the names of any of the complicated islands <laughs> before I start getting uh, complaints from the cheap seats. All right, there we go. That's enough of the GoPro. It's all going good, all this uh, cameras, cameras everywhere and phones everywhere and do this and do that and do the other. But it does end up intruding into the experience of just being here and experiencing it. And that's what's going on for me now. So on the other side of this for me um, is about 50. Well, I've got my nav right in front of me. How far to the next mark? 966 miles. I don't think so. Let's press that button. God, if it's 966 miles to go, we've got serious problem, cats. Uh, 47 miles. We got 47 miles to the port, and suddenly I'm back up doing eight and a half knots. But it seems to be eight and a half, four and a half, eight and a half, four and a half. Um, the islands, I don't think, are really making that much of a play in the in the wind speed because um, to windward of me, there's very few of them. I'm just kind of nipping around the the end of it. Wow, wow, wow! Really amazing. This it's. Um, it just has this kind of, you know, I, I grew up, uh, half of my childhood was spent in the Lake District in the UK, which is pretty tall mountains, a lot of slate, a lot of, uh, uh, is it granite there? I'm trying to remember now. But, you know, very impressive rock edifices. And um, I'm, uh, I'm seeing that kind of architecture inside. Oh, and the sea caves over there. Excellent. Let's double check the nav here. So we are going between Alzi and Surare. Brandor is to my port with Alzi behind and we've got 43 meters of water below us and we've got a third of a mile on either side. So bingo, bango, bongo. If I just keep going this way, which is a heading of 350, then if I all have to know is that one number, 350. Oh, interesting. There's current here as well. So I'm headed 350, but my course over the ground is 337. Okay. Interesting. So I got to keep going 337 over the ground. Don't worry about the heading. Don't worry about the tie. Yeah. Um, so we get to uh, this little port which is ahead of me, which I will try and look ahead here and get the name of it for you. It is called Polakshofen. Polakshofen and Ulfus is nearby. Uh, I hope that I'm doing that some kind of Skotabut. Uh, Skotabut, maybe it's the town nearby. Good Lord. And oh, Hafnarvik. I'm just reading things off the... <laughs> Porlak Shavanarvik. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm um, trying to make uh, sounds to, uh, you know, like just describe the sharpening of a knife or something. But it's, uh, it's 47 odd miles ahead. So the crew are waiting there. And um, what's next for us? We're going to be here about two days. It was, I was hoping for it to be a bit longer. I got caught in the UK with that weather system and I got caught in the UK with some admin things. And then uh, the trip up here, we were looking, when I was looking at the weather um, on the like second, third, fourth of the month, it was saying six or seven days. And then of course, when the weather system that was holding me in port abated, uh, suddenly it was gonna be more like 10 or 11 days. So we made it here in 10 and a half days, something like that. 10 days and 18 hours, but hopefully by the time we get in, which is not bad going. Um, I don't have my entire elapsed distance on here, actually. I would have to get that off the chart plotter. But uh, the route itself, uh, if I go to, what I tend to do, because it's difficult on the iPad to get a track 
every time you stop navigating with the iPad, it just cancels out the track. So then you're, um, you've, you've, unless you're gonna like add together all the different tracks from all the different bits of the route that you were on. So what I do is, as I set in the route, and then as I'm going along, I keep modifying the route to what I actually sailed. So by the end of it, what was the route becomes a track, and that's always saved by the computer. So at the moment it says 1,372 miles. And it reckons I was going to do it in nine days and 11 hours. Uh, that's, it gives an estimate in the route archive on the iPad here of uh, how fast it thinks you can do it if you're motoring. And uh, I've told it how much uh, fuel the boat can consume. And I've told it that cruising speed is six knots. And it says nine days and 11 hours. So that makes my VMG here uh, a bit less than six knots, which is not awesome. But then I have to say, I've probably been in wind holes for two and a half days of it. So I'm not gonna beat myself up. Um, oh, hey, there's some houses. Oh my God, we're being watched. Yeah, there's little houses on this island. Holy moly, what a bleak existence that is. Shoulders are loser. Okay, let's have a see. Hey, there's folks. Maybe they need rescuing. Maybe they want off this island. Maybe they were washed up here. Oh, there's a whole harbor. Okay. I think the island is called Helgafell. That's the largest name that's on the island. There's lots of different names on it, but sometimes it's just a region of it. Oh, there's a customs office there. Oh, there's a customs office there. Oh man. Hey, there's a, like a marina in there and all sorts. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, I gotta go there. That is very cool. Wow, this island's got this really like crazy little pocket um, harbor built into the back of it. Oh, awesome. God, there's so many places in the world to go, isn't there? There's so many places in the world to go. I've got some, um, what was I looking for? Uh, yeah, so I've got an iPad and then on photos, you can go in and you can search by years and people and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was doing it on location and you start looking at like where all the pictures are that you've taken, like dotted around all over the place. You know, I've been quite a few places, but it, it's a tiny little fraction of the, uh, of the places available. <laughs> I've got a lot more travel to do. All right, let's get, I, f I feel bad for keep taking pictures in the middle of recording a podcast, but you know, when do you think we're gonna be coming back here? Like, don't you wanna see? <laughs> I'll take a couple more pictures. Can we say I feel like a Japanese tourist anymore? I think that uh, they were just ahead of their time, right? Now I just feel like a tourist. I just feel like this is what people are doing. Oh, I'm taking, oh. I'm having senior moments. Is 44 where senior moments start? I feel like it. Oh, now we're heading towards an island. Holy moly, someone better hold the wheel here. Whenever I get off course when I'm driving a boat, I, uh, people, people come up and say, hey, are you, you're off course. I say, well, I'm driving to conditions, which means <laughs> I'm, it used to mean I am smoking a fag. Now it just means I'm uh, not concentrating while I'm doing the thing. All right, there we go. We've got some, uh, got some pictures of it. You can see those on the blog. So um, yeah, we're putting a website together, which is uh, the Mariner is gone. Uh, I guess it's maybe owned by Mariner Engines or someone, but um, csmthemariner.com is what we're gonna go with. So uh, we'll go with uh, CSM the Mariner. I'm gonna be getting that done in the next month or two. And then the blogs will be all together. The videos will be together. The seamanship videos together. We did have a go of putting a newsletter out uh, couple months ago it didn't it didn't come to much I thought it was quite a good newsletter it was very interesting all the different content that was in there it was very well written lots of time put into the production of it but it didn't have any like points so we're gonna change that out a little bit and we're gonna make it that there's a kind of bulletin board newsletter discussion group thing on the website and that should be an interesting place to stop by and see what's going on there and that's a place where uh, for those people are putting the um, the money in the five dollars a month for the uh, to support the podcast and the YouTube channel. That'll be where you can pick up all your discount codes for all the other partners we've got. We've got discount codes for Timo life jackets and for um, uh, who else? Uh, Heli Hansen and uh, Marlo ropes and, and quite a few different uh, folks that we're able to bring you discounts. And I'm hoping to kind of expand that out. So there'll be a little club to be in, which if you're in, hopefully will save you many thousands per year. Uh, if you can use all of the uh, discounts. So it's, I'm trying to like develop this thing of like, how can I, the biggest issue for me has been 
since COVID, you'd think that everybody like wanted to go out and go sailing now because they couldn't go sailing during COVID. Well, kind of yes and kind of not at all. I think the uh, going out on these kind of boats, these like hard charter boats doing these tricky voyages and these uh, adventures uh, and the regattas and all that kind of stuff, I think that's down. I think uh, going and getting a nice soft charter where you don't have to sail at night and someone looks after you and uh, it's a really comfy, cozy boat, I think that's up. I think there's been a shift in the, where the market's at. And um, just, you know, my personal experience, which I've shared with you before, is just so much financial risk. Um, if anything happens, like if, if I'm late now, you know, technically the folks that are ahead of me now, not that it's on the cards, but they could say, hey, you're late, you're not here, you didn't do what you said you were gonna do in the contract, I'm leaving and uh, I want my money back. And if you had 15 people and the trip costs two and a half, three and a half thousand each, and they all decide that's not gonna, you know, that is a terrible amount of money that you suddenly have to pay out. And uh, we got caught with that very, very badly with COVID. We got caught with it with an event just before uh, COVID, the ARC 2019, which um, wasn't able to go because there was a problem with the boat. And it's just crippling. It's just not any kind of way to run a business now, and not when we can't rely on sales. So I'm trying to move into this more like digital sphere and uh, hopefully you come along, come along with me. Okay, so where are we at now? We are about halfway through this channel. Let's say it's, uh, it's about, uh, it's about half a mile, 0.6 a mile wide. Um, there's a big radar, uh, uh, radio transmitter up on one of the islands here. This must be like basically the most southerly point in Iceland. Oh, hey, is that how I can describe this to you? Is this the most southerly point in Iceland? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. So this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Vestmanaya. Vestmanaya. I'm trying to read things off this uh chart again it's not very i'll just give up on that shall i holy god wow i just spied a house like there's some houses on this uh, island to starboard here where the peaks of the island are in the mist and uh like the loneliest radar tra uh, radio transmitter you've ever seen in your life and then i looked over to the other side there's a house perched on a cliff here that just like dare i take another picture i think i'm gonna have to take another picture gang like i'm gonna have to you've got to see this this must be the most southerly house in Iceland. Is there any other place to have a house here? Okay, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna put my cup of coffee here, kind of point at the... That is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. There's a, there's a tiny little house poked away in that corner in there. This island that I'm looking at is no joke must be 200 foot high and it's the top of it it's like i said it's like a big stack of sandwiches that have been very roughly cut and uh, you see all the layers of bread all the way through them they're just this, this sedimentary rock absolutely beautiful green grass all over the top of it like there must only be a very small part of the island i'm going to go over there can i get closer to that where's the wind yeah i can get closer to that if i turn up here oh this is how we lose the boat <laughs> Now, what's it? this is where I start actually concentrating a little bit. What's the depth here? 41 meters. We can do this. We can do this. Let's get a bit closer. This is why we have a boat, right? So we can have fun. This is how sailing used to be. Used to be, used to like go and have adventures and then I turn sailing into a business and then I don't like sailing for quite a long time. <laughs> wow, so this is, if Captain Nemo had a lair, this is his like, summer cottage this is his camp when he's not at the at the at the nautilus's lair then he's here good lord it's got a staircase that goes from the house down to the sea the staircase must be 300 foot long uh like running over the rocks to to get down to the ocean oh you have got to find the pictures of this i don't know where they're going to be maybe it's gonna be on youtube or something do i what do i do do i video i gotta decide honey i'm doing a podcast we don't have a video that can Go along with this it's a podcast it's only a podcast but we'll put the pictures on the blog as well so you can uh you see what's going on it must be like a research station or something it must be how much water 41 meters of water beneath us that's 120 foot these giant cliffs soaring up birds all over them like moss and green stuff hanging down off them and then these crazy sedimentary layers which by the way, there must be, it's like rings of a tree. I, let's say there's a hundred, a hundred sedimentary layers there. Does that sound right? Is anybody a geologist? Is that possible? 
it's uh it's unbelievably um stratified the the rock it's uh it's just uh what a crazy place to have a uh Oh, yes, if you hear the beep, I did take another picture. I'm sorry, but this is kind of unreal. Well, I just marked that uh, harbour on the island as come here is the name of the waypoint. So maybe, maybe I can bring Kat and Isaac here one day. Isaac's a bit bigger. Come and see Iceland. I, it's uh, definitely on the list for me. Unfortunately, I'm not going to see much of it because we're, I'm a bit late. So they're going to have to turn and burn and head off in the next direction. Or people are going to miss their flights. But uh, just seeing this is uh, excitement enough. Mm. Now the um, coffee in the thermos is cold as well. All right, 39 meters under the hull. Wow, it's like, uh, so the, the other side of the uh, hunker sandwiches, the green sandwiches that we, uh, the green sandwich island, that's what I'm gonna call it. It looks actually on this side now, it's like kidney bean shaped. So now the inside of it looks like a crater blew up and uh, not that I'm saying that's what happened, like a crater blew up and only a part of it, only like 30 degrees of the crater remains. Oh wow, and there's all um, birds here and, okay look, you're gonna have to go over to the YouTube channel and watch this. There's gonna be no piggy wind in here, is there? <laughs> I have a friend uh, I haven't seen for a very long time called Richard Garish uh, out in Hong Kong and he used to always say to me that, um, he said, you turn everything you do into an epic. And uh, I'm not sure that there was, <laughs> I took that as being a compliment, but maybe it's not right. I remember one time taking his um, wife or soon to be wife then, Jude, out for a ride on a speedboat. And it was all very, you know, it, everything went fine. It was completely cool. We went out on the speedboat, no problem. Great, dropped her back off. She had a great time. Richard picked her up. All good and good. Uh, he's like, well, no, no epic. I'm like, I know, I'm getting better. As I left, <laughs> I ran out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the wind was from the north, and I drifted. How did that end, that one? I think I drifted the entire way to, like, the next harbour on the opposite side of the bay in Sai Kung. And as I literally drifted into the uh, harbour, I caught hold of a mooring or a boat or something and swam ashore, got some fuel, and uh, swam back out to the boat. Just put half a can of jerry can of fuel in, and then you could swim back out with it. The water was warm, eh? They, they said there was hardly any sharks. All right, so now I see that there is a cable coming off this. Good Lord, I'd better check the uh, nav here and just make sure. You know, there's no way of actually, you know, this island is called Alzi. It's 144 meters high. So that's 450 foot, holy moly, Green Sandwich Island is big. And then it has a label that says Piofanef, Piofanef. Don't know if that's any good. So there's a cable, it's not steps that's coming down to the water, or maybe it is. I don't know, I think it's a cable. I think what's going on here is that there's a cable that comes from wherever. Maybe this is Iceland's anchor road. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe if I drive over this and snag it and snap it, Iceland will just drift away. Could be. Unbelievably hollowed out uh, uh, rock formations here. And, and hillsides, the, this, the side of this, uh, the inside of the kidney bean now, the inside of the crater, the angle on it is like, um, put my arm out to try and guess, it's like 60 degrees, 70 degrees, it's absolutely sheer. You might be able to get to the top of the cliffs if you know the way up, but um, there'll only be one, one way up, maybe one way down, and all the rest of it is called falling or sliding to a horrible death because it's the bottom of it, it's, it's sheer cliffs from the water to about um, 60 foot and then it becomes the gently sloping 70 degree hillside. Oh, is that like a cross over there? Oh man, now I really want to go and investigate. You know, maybe that cable going down to the water is actually a method of getting up and down onto the island. Like apart from the insane location, it could just be a cabin in the woods. You could have just, oh, it's got a couple windows. It's got a little flat roof, not flat roof, but a low, low angle roof. But it just happens to be on a 60 foot cliff below 400 foot, 70 degree mountain sides. Wow, if I had a drone if I had, if I, if I had a minute for, you know how many drones I've had? <laughs> how many drones I've, I got a drone called a Swell, Swell Pro drone or something it was called. Can't quite remember now. And uh, it's, uh, it was waterproof. Well, had some fun with that.
but it seems that if you crash it into ice and then uh, it sinks below the ice, it's not fully covered for that. <laughs> oh, wind shift. Okay. That, that was a big wind shift. That was like a uh, 45, 50 degree wind shift there. Well, my goodness me, gang. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on the podcast, go and have a look on YouTube. And if you're watching it on YouTube, you should be listening to the podcast. But always round, if I don't see anything else of Iceland, this will suffice. This was really beautiful and, and a completely crazy situation. I kind of wish that someone would come out the door and I could wave at them. Do you find that sometimes you meet people in life? That's definitely a cross up on that hillside, hey? You meet people in life. I've said this before to um, to Kat. You, you, sometimes when you meet people, it's just like the tips of triangles meeting. You might just pass them in the crowd. Oh, excuse me, you know, and that's it. You don't see anything else of them. You just see the, a tiny little aspect of them. Sometimes when you meet people, they can be really open to having a nice chat, but you're just passing through. So, you know, the, the old lady that comes into the shop that wants to chat, the cashier is only giving her like the tip of the triangle. The old lady's offering the base of the triangle, but it ain't going to really happen. But sometimes you meet somebody and you can just chin wag for that airplane flight where you just talk and talk and talk and whatever it is. And you get like two bases of the triangles come together and then you just open up and you talk about everything. It happens a lot on the boat at sea, a lot because of the nature of what we do with, you know, being um, up all night and what have you. But I think uh, waving to somebody who lives in the most southerly house in Iceland <laughs> as I sail past on a boat, that would be the most tippy tip of the triangles meeting that I've ever heard of ever. Well, and that with that, we have now exited the channel between these Icelandic islands. Good Lord, what a journey. <laughs> we've learned about uh, the geography of Iceland. Uh, we've learned that GoPros make a lot of very annoying beeps, which I've now just stopped the video for YouTube, so that's out of the way. Um, We've learned that you can navigate through small channels with an iPad. And uh, we've learned that uh, coffee goes cold in a thermos uh, in Iceland if you don't drink it fast enough. But um, I've got another, what does it say here now? I've got another uh, 45 and a half miles to go. Hopefully I'm going to speed up a little bit because it's saying I'm going to arrive at 2 in the morning, which doesn't sound like much fun. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes open. Uh, ahead here often when you're passing through these like island chains it's very easy to go oh yeah okay we've passed everything and then ignore the fact that there's some shallow patches ahead but uh no only the shallow patches ahead are still 30 foot deep so that's uh that's not a problem good and then i can actually it looks like i can uh, oh no look see zoom out and then ahead so just stay to the north of that okay well it looks like i still got a little bit of work to do here I've still got some work to do. They're not going to let me off. Ahead of me looks like something like Stonehenge in the middle of the ocean. So <laughs> stick around for the next podcast. No, I will be. I will leave you now and uh, let you get on with whatever you're doing for the rest of the day. I hope you enjoy that uh, slightly random chit chat as we pass through there. Um, if you do enjoy this stuff, please consider going over to patreon.com forward slash the mariner and uh, subscribing for $5 a month to support what I'm doing with these podcasts and all the rest of it. Um, the YouTube channel is free uh, and all the stuff that we put on there, the blogs coming, all that stuff, the, the Mariners webpage. And then if you want to step up to that next level, we've got the seamanship videos, we've got all the extra content. I'm going to start doing a Q&A on a weekly or bi-weekly uh, basis. Um, and we've got, of course, all the discount store with all the sailing discount stuff. It's all coming soon. But uh, for now, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope that you are safe and sound. And I look forward to sailing with you in the next one. Cheers.